This is the DLR Cast, the essential podcast for fans of Diamond David Lee Roth. Hey, what's happening, everyone? You've got the DLR Cast, the podcast by and for fans of the Diamond One, David Lee Roth. As always, I'm Steve, along with my good friend, the Mighty One, Darren Pouchowitz. Darren, it's been so long. It's been a while since we've done a podcast here. Welcome back. Good to see you. I almost forgot my usual intro there. You did it, though. That's the key. You said you were going to do it. You did it. And here we are. It is the holiday spectacular edition of the DLR Cats. It's it's like your company holiday party, only a podcast, right? Only a podcast, and no one will be photogra- uh, uh, photocopying various uh, body parts, uh, you know, in the hallway at, at the copier down at the left end of the hallway there. So, uh, yeah. There's no stipend. There's no cab fare to get home to escape liability. Uh, there's no rah-rah speech from the head of the company. But other than that, it's like your holiday party, just in podcast form and focused on Van Halen. There you go. And David Lee Roth. And it feels like, um, it definitely feels like a holiday party because currently it's minus 10 degrees without the wind chill here in Minnesota. But I'm feeling good. I'm feeling warm. I wish we had some hot news for you. I'll skip with the weather puns, but I, yeah. I, let's start with just as far as it's been a while. And what we know recently, there's been a couple of things. It's been a couple of weeks since we had an episode. Then we got a kind of a year in review recap yeah. for you there. But as far as recent news, there hasn't been a lot. But wait, it's been two or three weeks, which means, of course, we've got a quote from Sammy. Okay. Somebody put a microphone in front of him, sent out a, or sent out a press release of which both happened in the span of the last two weeks, because, you know, at least two times a month, <laughs> we have something, uh, news from Sammy. And this is not the Sammy cast. This is just the fact that he is constantly working it, I guess, and constantly, uh, unlike Dave, which we'll get into in a second, he's even, he's always, he always has something to say, even when he has nothing to say. Yeah. Well, speaking of Sammy cast, we, I've been DMing a little bit with the bogus Otis guys, the, Sammy Hagar version of the DLR cast. And what great guys. They don't hate us, by the way. I, <laughs> that's I think it's awesome. really important to know because obviously Roth and Hagar can't be in the room with each other, but the DLR cast can be in the same room as the Bogus Otis podcast. Pretty absolutely, hard, right? We, we play nice with others. We've been on other podcasts. In fact, you know what we should mention too in the last, since we were last, um, last together. Uh, you and I had a great time with one of our favorite people, uh, Eric Senich, host of the Booked on Rock podcast. So if, uh, that just came out this week. So, yeah. folks, if if, um, if you want to check out a cool podcast, and not just because your erstwhile host of the DLR cast are on, <laughs> check out the Booked on Rock podcast with Eric. Darren and I talked about our favorite books and uh, favorite rock books and different things like that, and Dave and Van Halen, all those good things. So my apologies. Let's get back to uh, our Friends at uh, the well, no, I'm going to vote in favor of a sidebar right here and say that the listeners of the DLR cast have had more great output in their careers than the namesake of this podcast. If you look at Steve Harold making the film festival rounds, if if you look at Eric Stangeland and all the great stuff he's doing, yeah, the boat more or less. Our listeners are more productive than Diamond Dave in 2022. He was somewhat productive. We'll get back, we'll get into that in a minute. 
Well, how how we started the year? Do, do we want to talk about the Sammy stuff, or are you just let's, well? Let's we'll go. Let's talk about the most current recent news we have that yeah. may be even uh, you know Dave adjacent, and that is Sammy's recent quote. I've got it right here. If yeah. you and I are thinking the same one from about a week, actually this week, uh, Sammy Hagar says David Lee Roth's Van Halen songs are so quote easy he can sing them while lying on his back smoking a cigarette. The Rock revealed his thoughts in a recent discussion about potential Van Halen review. I found this at Guitar.com, the UK site, and uh, of course this is a uh, it's a new interview with Growth TV, whatever that is. Hagar spoke of his willingness to participate in a Van Halen reunion, as we all know, yada yada yada. He said, oh, hell yes, I would be involved, and I would insist that Dave come along somehow. He's not so friendly. He doesn't play well with others, never has and never will. But if he didn't want to do it, then, of course, I can always sing those songs. The rocker explained, those songs are easy. I sing those songs lying on my back, smoking a cigarette, even though I don't smoke. There is uh, this month's Sammy quote about Dave. There's about four things wrong in that. The first thing is saying that Dave Lee Roth's songs are easy to sing. Well, no, they're it's, not. It's because he was doing choreography more or less and acrobatics while performing and working the crowd so dave's songs are never just about the singing that's totally totally wrong uh, I, I i think it's wrong to say in general that his songs are easy to sing oh absolutely in fact actually it's interesting you mentioned that because the amazing and awesome winery dogs just released a new song and that is and they've got a new album coming out in february and i'm sure folks know that is uh, Mark, Mike Portnoy, Richie Constant, and of course, the mighty monstrous Billy Sheehan on bass, who, of course, yeah. so many of us knew, learned about him in the beginning. I uh, learned about him thanks to being in the Eat em and Smile band on that record. Yeah, I can't remember which in interview I saw recently, but Billy mentioned just how great it was to, 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 to work with Dave. And he said... And I remember this distinctly, you know, this part of an interview just recently about the winery dogs and talked about his past. And he said, he said that Dave was on every single night. He said, I had his monitor in my ear. He, he, it was, he sounded great every single night. It was 110%. And he made a specific reference to, if you remember a couple of years ago, there was the vocal, isolated vocal track that hit it up on YouTube for Running With The Devil. And, yeah, And he mentioned, he said, you know, I'm sure people, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm sure people thought, oh, this is just going to be a big goof, the vocals solo and all alone. And, oh, no, they were not. Those vocals are stellar. They're spot on. Yeah. And they are killer. So that's another sidebar for you there. But speaking of <laughs> Dave's vocals, you're right. They are not, it's not easy to sing those songs. It's not easy to sing those songs. Then also the Dave does not play well with others. Okay. Maybe he doesn't. But I'm going to say Sammy who flies private, Sammy who has his own caveats to doing a Van Halen reunion tour, Sammy and Dave are very, 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 very similar people. They're both people who amp up the smiles on stage and are all about the party vibes. Yet behind the scenes, they're entrepreneurs who are trying to control the scenes. So the insults that he constantly hurls at Dave you kind of feel like he's talking about himself there too. Yeah, I mean, listen, these guys are performers. Number one, number two, they've got massive egos. Number three, they each have very unique uh, and distinct ways of doing things. Yes, and as we've spoken about so many times here, Dave, as we know, is quite the perfectionist, and I think the and that's. 
Yeah, that's the bottom line, isn't it? There's really not much. He, he wants what he wants. He knows what he wants. And we can argue whether the results can be better or not. And you and I certainly do that and think that in many cases they could be or they could be different or he yeah. could do some different things. But he gets exactly what he's what he wants from what I, I think so, from what you know his vision is, however warped that might be or confusing yeah. that might be to fans, he gets it. And then I have to add one more thing here, because there was there were further quotes where Sammy was basically saying, and and I've reached out to Alex and I'm here and I'm willing to do this, basically paraphrasing this, making it sound like Alex isn't getting back to him, et cetera, et cetera. There's rumors flying around that uh, without saying too much, Alex is doing stuff right now. It's just when he wants to say what those things are, he's going to unveil them. I've been hearing similar rumors about Dave. Basically, everyone from Van Halen has stuff going on, except Sammy, that they just are not wanting to tease. They're just going, I'm working on stuff, and when the people are ready to know about it, they'll know about it. Whereas Sammy, as you always say, has never met a microphone (laughs) that he didn't want to speak into. What I'm getting at is if Alex wanted to work with Sammy he would. He's not in hiding. He is talking with people. That's what I'm getting at. There's a reason. So right now, here we are a couple days away from Christmas, and you are saying you are hearing some rumors, hearing some scuttlebutt, hearing some innuendo. I'm running out of uh, nouns here. Yeah. That Alex is doing something that might be music related and not just his horses or sports cars. <laughs> he, it's not just his wife's Pinterest account that he's running. <laughs> We're breaking here, folks. Alex is doing a graphic novel. He's doing a graphic novel <laughs> in Dutch. Uh, <laughs> no, my, my point is that if you talk to people who talk to people who talk to people who talk to people, you know, you'll get that fifth degree of, oh, yeah, people see Alex. He's He's around. In other words, he's not behind this fortress where you you can't get him. He's just saying, I don't feel like commenting on every single little thing that I'm doing. I think time will tell as to what those things are. But the way that Sammy is making it sound like, it's making it sound like Alex and Dave are up to nothing. And that's not true. It's just the... Do you remember the dreaded Alex 1996 MTV interview that the next time he sees Dave Lee Roth that he better be wearing a cup? Yes. Do you remember that? Yes. Oh, that's just a I don't go there's things I don't go back and watch on YouTube and that whole middle that whole the reunion that wasn't the MTV stuff all that stuff I just stay away from. I don't need to see it again. It drove a hole in my heart back then. Why do I want to put myself through that pain, relive that pain, right? Yeah, I I think that he got quoted a lot from that one interview and maybe got a little gun shy over the years about doing interviews. Cause if you notice Alex used to be in all the interviews and then less and less and less over time. But what I'm getting at is Sammy's painting this picture that he's the only one that's out there and willing to do stuff. And it's not as simple as that. It's just, he's the only one doing interviews at this time. And the other people are going, eh, okay, let the media and, and the fans think what they want. And when it's time, we'll do stuff. Well, I still think the biggest, <laughs> excuse me, tell, if you will, the most noticeable thing about all of the various reunion, tribute, whatever rumors yeah. that were going around six months ago that all started, that recently resurfaced again, Joe Satriani 
Jason Newstead, I guess, for a minute on base. Yeah. Alex and Dave, all those folks are talking, and guess who they weren't talking with? Yeah. Which is amazing to me, and still, I'm still dumbfounded by, for whatever reason that might be, dumbfounded by the fact, because that, given that Joe Satriani was in a band with Sammy for a couple albums, Chickenfoot. Yeah. And they're supposedly great friends, and I'm not saying they're not, but the fact that that little circle there for a minute Whenever that was last year, we still necessarily know whenever they were talking, maybe they're, I mean, nobody, when that, all that press broke, there was nothing about Sammy in that. Right. And, and if you're going to do a tribute, a concert or something, you got to include Sammy. I mean, I'm a Dave fan. Sure. I do like Sammy. This is the DLR cast, but how do you not, you can't just do half of it. And even Sammy himself to his credit said on numerous occasions, like I just read, you know, he doesn't play well with us, but Dave has to be there. Right. I, I just think that there's so much more to the story than we know because we only have one vocal party to the whole thing. Because Michael Anthony won't badmouth anyone. He will do interviews, but you pretty much have to keep it about how great things are these days and his hot sauce and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, the publicist probably tells you there's some things we, he's not going to talk about. In, in my case, they didn't tell me anything I couldn't ask Michael. They were just more specific about like, okay, how much time do you need? You will talk about the hostess. Cool. And that's how that went. Now, my experience with Sammy, which I'm still waiting to see if and how it's going to come out, they did specifically monitor my questions. So somehow these people are able to get these Van Halen questions in under the wire. So I don't know if some of his interviews are screened or they just broke the code and were willing to, to deal with the consequences later. So, you know, our, it's good for Sammy. He got an album out in 2020 that supposedly he spoke to Ted Templeman on and Michael Anthony's part of, and he toured and good for him. But I do have a problem with uh, something that Sammy has said in a couple of interviews, including mine that hasn't come out, which is that, are you ready for this? <laughs> yes. When I asked about the biggest accomplishment that he's proud of, he's saying it's his new album and he sees all these platinum plaques for Van Halen and he doesn't feel anything when he sees them. But his new album, he listens to it and he gets goosebumps. Steve, please, <laughs> please. That's that's a lot. OK, as a guy who consistently says and this is I say this all the time on this podcast, and other podcasts. I love when my favorite artists are doing new music. Yes, okay? I want them to do new music and I get that they have to hype that. But at some point. Get off the ledge, man. I mean, that's right? I mean, that's almost too hypey for me. I want you to hype up your new music. But uh, I mean, yeah, that, that's akin to Kiss. You know, for a while, every new Kiss album was was either Gene and or Paul would both of them or individually would say, I haven't had this feeling since Destroyer or this is the best album since Destroyer, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, listen, I get it. Spin is all going to be part of the process. Um, real quick before we get into what I want to call our year in review part. Yeah. Getting back to Alex in conjunction with Dave. Yeah. Is my prediction, which I will be happy does not come true, but I have said out loud, we will never see Alex play drums in public again. 
Do you think my prediction will hold for, for 2023? I think you're, unfortunately, I think your prediction will hold. We are not okay. seeing him play drums, but I would love to be totally, totally wrong too. Now, so we're hearing he's doing things, just might not include any sort of public performances, tribute or not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked a couple of episodes about how a different kind of truth just randomly came off of streaming services. And most people are going, huh, isn't that interesting? How did that happen? And then I did the math and I went 2012 album, 2022, 10-year licensing deal with a major label. Standard fare for a superstar artist to do a 10-year deal term. Now, I'm assuming, but they're going, well, the Live in Tokyo album didn't come off. Right. That was not released in 2012. Look for 2025. If that was a 2015 album, that'll come off the streaming services then, too. I'm looking it up on Spotify. It, it's off and it, it's not Spotify. And yeah, that is unacceptable and inexcusable. Whatever the case might be, that is seriously fucked up. Yeah. So I think that a lot of our classic rock artists, it might look like they're doing nothing but they reversion deals and business stuff happening and vaults opening and closing and and stuff of that nature in time with anniversaries and uh first van halen album was 78 correct correct and record labels loved their fives and zeros for their anniversaries 1984 uh didn't it come out like january 1st 1984 even though a lot of people call it an 83 album. Yeah, actually, if I, I thought I saw some today, today is December, what, the, uh, 22nd. I think Jump came out on this very day at the end I of the year. I believe so. 83. There was no, like, long lead time. Like, here's a new Van Allen single three months before the album drops. Right. Out. So, you know, you have that 45. Is my math correct? Uh, 1978 to 2022, would that be... 2023 make it 45 years yeah 45 years and then if you want to really get down to semantics and say that 1984 is a 1983 album then you can go that that's uh no, but it did come out it, it did it did hit physically hit stores in 84 right yeah. nonetheless it's in some circles an 83 album they can pull those anniversary things and with that a different kind of truth album reverting to Van Halen, presumably from Interscope because it, look, you're a music industry veteran much more than myself. Am I crazy for assuming it was a 10 year license to universal Interscope? No, you're not. So that album has to come back somewhere. And I'm going to assume that it goes back to the Warner brothers fold that Warner brothers goes, Hey, um, Here's a half a million dollars as an advance against your royalties. Let's keep doing business together. Let's extend this and that and that. And it comes back under there. That's what I assume is happening. I don't know if that's tied to the vault opening up. I don't know if that's tied to reissues or a massive box set for 2023's holiday season. But I think that these three or four isolated events are all a little too coincidental to just be a coincidence uh well before we close this segment out i can tell you because i was just curious because i distinctly remember where i was and what i was doing when i first heard jump and got so excited for the new van halen record 1984 came out january 9th 1984 
Oh, okay. So it wasn't January 1st, but didn't they debut the jump video on MTV January 1st? I remember some significance about an MTV New Year's premiere or event with Van Halen. Jump was released December 1983. Yeah. Maybe the single went to radio then, and then the video premiered on January 1st. Uh, I, I'm sure we have a couple of listeners who are screaming it, right might... now, going, how do those posers not know this? <laughs> Gary Marino is just very angry, shaking his fist and punching things right now. Yeah, I, I know. I, I do remember it came out before the album, right before it. I remember it was wintertime. I was in Long Island. Yeah. Um, I can distinctly remember just just my floor, my my jaw hit the floor. I was, I mean, didn't hear, never heard keyboards from Van Halen like that before and yeah. that hook. And, and then, of course, the video was just, to this day, is still just, I think, their best video. And, and well, actually, I, should, I like Panama, too, but, I mean, that video is just a hell of a lot of fun. And I never, it yeah. never gets old for me. It never gets old, and it's a pretty cool factoid that some of the footage in the Panama video was filmed for the jump video. Right. It didn't right. make the cut. So they had some foresight on that end. All right. Well, let's get to our year in review 2022, because it started off with so much promise. The possibility of a <laughs> Las Vegas residency announced, tickets being sold, flights booked, hotels picked. Yeah. Darren was physically in Las Vegas. Yeah. And it was not to be, followed by Dave's throwing in the shoes yeah. <laughs> announcement that he was retiring. Um, let's talk about that first. I want to talk about the music that was released in 2022 because I wanted, I found it just in looking back on things, I remembered and came up with a couple interesting things. Okay, yeah. Uh, I was in Las Vegas, as you pointed out. Got there, I believe, Christmas Eve or maybe the day before, something like that. And we had extended the trip, and we were going to be at the first gig on December 31st, which got canceled the night before. And we didn't know that the rest of the gigs were then canceled until a day or so later. Everyone was buzzing about it. You know, this person in this casino heard from this and heard from this. Later on, I confirmed the timeline of the storyline that uh, most of the band and crew never made it to Vegas. Somebody from the band was seen around town but not that people would have known it was him because um vegas was super masked at that point in time vegas would usually be the first place do you think would be unmasked but it was super masked yeah. at the peak of covid and that, it was COVID that, the cancellation was because of covid but dave didn't yes. have covid it wasn't dave supposedly it was somebody in the band and the rumor was stage manager as well or another high-ranking person in the crew and then the further rumors that came out through the dave and dave unchained podcast was that the venue wanted to reschedule and dave just did not want to confirm anything too far in the future which then led to all the health rumors which we still don't know about <laughs> it's still a bit of a mystery but i more that i just don't understand why especially when you announce that this is it for you, you just don't reschedule the dates 90 days later, like, or six months later, whatever it might be, at, like every single band is done. Right. Now, my wife reminded me of something before, which was while we were still staying in Vegas, Dave, who never apologized for the cancellations, his form of apology was saying something like, 
you win some, you lose some. We got rained out due to COVID. If there's benefit shows for the wildfires and the tornadoes and Colorado, we'll see you then. Um, none of that happened. No, <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> Thinking back, I'm reminded how disappointed I was. One, because there was so much buildup for it. Two, because, you know, it had been a while since, you know, we hadn't seen him since he got off the road with Kiss because when COVID first broke in 2020. Right. And three, for sheerly, for uh, purely selfish purposes, is that it was going to mean some great stuff for the podcast, man. We were going to, you know, we were going to have our man on the ground there, Darren Palchowitz, reporting almost live as it happens for goodness sakes i mean there was could have been so much fun stuff so much to talk about lord knows the musician sighting the rocker sighting in the audience could have been would you know would have been great and of course musically we're all curious what was he gonna be doing my gut was that it wasn't going to be much different than you saw previously basically a van halen very van halen heavy set list maybe with one or two one or two surprises what i've always wanted to see is really like let your vegas vaudeville freak flag fly and do like almost like two sets within one big set do the van do the solo stuff pull out some chestnuts do the van halen stuff do a, a a cool vaudeville version of ice cream man do some other fun stuff a couple covers your audience would expect would love that because they know how i mean especially the hardcore fans now vegas could be different because you got a bunch of people there that are pissed they don't hear panama uh (laughs) soon enough and god knows most casino shows i go to are horrible for strictly that reason (laughs) sit down don't stand up i mean i mean just Uh, i don't like what that audience would have been las vegas i think would have been a majority of people that love dave and were there yeah throw out you bring out uh ladies night in buffalo let's have a three-piece horn section during this song i mean do you know what i mean i don't think what i've uncovered was none of that was going to happen no (laughs) i basically got to the heart of the matter which is that the set list was going to be uh the three-piece backing band doing classic van halen no tracks which is totally different than the prior residency and the kiss tour which was doing the solo hits and tracks and that kind of thing there was going to be improv uh, improvising and longer form things and then over time a lot of people let it out in interviews and statements that they were going to be at the shows like paulie shore was talking about it at one point in time and uh coincidentally the wife and i saw paulie shore the night before we were supposed to see the first dave show in vegas and paulie shore was fantastic he was doing a tony clifton like live band kind of thing where he's antagonizing the audience in the band (laughs) (laughs) you weren't expecting that from the concert paulie palooza and or at least i wasn't and stephen piercy from rat was talking about he was going to be there chris jericho the wrestler and the singer fozzy was talking about it it would have been some great crowd watching for for or people watching for lack of a better term I, wow. I don't know if we would have gotten any special guests among that. I still haven't been able to. I have to add this. I still haven't been able to clarify whether or not Alex Van Halen was supposed to appear in any form. But Michael Anthony told me that he was going to be there. That was the other big news. Yes. that Whether or not he would get on stage or not, I doubt he would have. I think he would have. Um, 
and it would have been like a game time immediate decision kind of thing. Because believe me, the guys in Dave's band are big Van Halen fans, and they would have gone, yeah, Mike, here's my bass. <laughs> right, right. Please. <laughs> Be- because they like his social media, the guys in, Van- in-, in Roth's band. They like the Van Halen stuff. It's not like they're these jaded people. They are fans at right. the end of the day. Hence, Frankie Lindia joining the Atomic Punks. Right, right. All right, well, speaking of music... As always, every year we hope, we're hoping for new music. And just to look back a little bit as far as new music or music that we haven't heard, recall that back in 2020, at the end of 2020, we finally heard a song from the John Five semi-acoustic sessions. And that was Somewhere Over the Rainbow Barn Grill, released after Eddie's death and kind of a tribute. Yeah. And we all went, ooh, what's going to be next? In 2021, we got two new songs, Giddy Up and Low Red Sunset, yeah. still from the John Five session. Of course, John Vi doesn't really say anything about this stuff as it comes out for whatever reason. So we went, okay, well, hopefully we're going to hear some new music. Oh, no, no. I have to interrupt and pause and sidebar. Because when I interviewed John Five, I asked him, do you get a heads up that the music that you recorded with Dave is coming out? And he said, no. No. But But what I'm saying, when it does eventually come out, I mean, he doesn't post about it. He doesn't talk about it. I mean. Until which song came out? What's that? Uh, well, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, and exa- uh, exactly, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, so we're all excited, and we get two songs in 2022: solo Dave songs from those same sessions, pointing at the moon, yeah. and then finally the one that that everybody had been waiting on. If you're a fan, that John Five pointed to in, in a couple interviews in the past. Nothing could have stopped us back then, anyway. Yes. Well, we get. Two songs from uh, two songs solo Dave. Yes. And then we get a curveball in the back half of the year. But and we're going to say something about the solo stuff. And sort of a music video for Nothing Could Have Stopped Us Back Then Anyway, which John Five helped curate or produce. But you, you might have this in front of you. I don't remember around what month did Nothing Could Have Stopped Us Back Then Anyway come out? That August? One. Yeah, and, I think it was towards the end of the summer. And, and if you remember, and I'll get into this in a bit, if you remember correctly, and I looked it up, there was the first video came out, and then there was a second one came out. Yeah. Both on David Lee Ross' channel. The same thing, but I, you posited why that might have happened. I can't recall the details, but that was an odd one. So if you go on David Dave's YouTube channel, you have both videos up there. The first one came up through the video producer or director, and then they kind of issued a correction press release. That's right. And and it went up on Dave's channel. And I think the correction press release clarified that John Five was involved in it because it came from John Five's publicist, who would later tell me to back off uh, (laughs) about us speaking to Dave. So... (laughs) <laughs> those songs come out and of course no no publicity around them no info about them just Nothing. pure speculation um they're up on the services they're on spotify we all get excited about it hopefully what's going to be next and what comes next a van halen song so check this out there yeah. was two solo dave songs from those john five sessions and then after that in rapid succession 
four what I'm calling Van Halen covers. Ain't talking yeah. about love. Dance the night away. Panama, you really got me. Which are basically answering the question that I don't think anybody asked but Dave. Hey, <laughs> what does this do? Ba- What's the mo- most recent David Lee Roth band sound like doing all Van Halen covers? Well, I guess in May they went and recorded in a marathon session of what, 10, 12 songs or whatever it was. And then out of nowhere, these songs from the session start dropping. Okay, now I have to pause and explain, knowing what we know now, this is when the timeline gets super, super confusing. Okay. Oh, God, yeah. Okay, because in in the November, December, leading up to those Vegas shows, he basically says, I'm throwing in the shoes. Well, he didn't basically say it. He said, I'm throwing in the shoes, that ridiculous quote. So he says he's retiring in November, December. The residency gets canceled even though those are going to be his last shows. And he says, but if there's benefit shows for this and this, I'll do them. Those don't happen. Now we know in May, he gets into the studio with Ryan Francis and Alistrada and does the Van Halen covers. And then the end of May, he's caught at LAX doing that corporate gig in Mexico. So is that the world's shortest retirement? Pretty much. I mean, Muhammad Ali may have had a shorter retirement or two, but. Well, yeah. we didn't know when he did the Mexico gigs that he'd recorded those things in the studio in May. Right. No, no idea. Well, some of us through independent sources might have. Had- <laughs> OK, publicly, no idea. Well, publicly, we had no idea about that. And then the May Mexico stuff, I only know because I grilled Phil Helmuth a little bit, and I figured that out accidentally. Otherwise, I don't think we would have known the circumstances of that. So he was retired for two months? I mean, publicly retired, still very active, doing all sorts of things, God knows what, at any given time, sure. And and as we've uncovered through other things, he has been back at Henson Studios since those May sessions. Nothing is materialized from that. But uh, a retired guy in 2022 put out two new songs, has recorded at least once, did a corporate gig, and put out four or five Van Halen covers. Four Van Halen songs, to, to, be, <laughs> uh, to be exact. And For a retired year where he also auctioned off a painting. True, that, that too. So a couple episodes back, we talked about just the oddity that is releasing these singles. Does anybody yeah. care? They really didn't make too much of an impact. The usual suspects, of course, of course, talked about it. I mean, and when I mean that in a good way, your rock websites, yeah. uh, your Van Halen podcast and, and all that stuff. And of course, we talked about it a lot, too. But I think I can remember at one point you and I were both saying, I haven't listened to this stuff more than twice. And there's really not much reason to. It's a curiosity factor. And the numbers kind of bear it out. Granted, these the solo stuff has been out longer, but Pointing at the Moon came out earlier this year. Uh, 112,000 uh, plays on Spotify, 121,000 121, plays on YouTube. Nothing could have stopped, it back, stopped us back then anyway. About 160,000 spins on Spotify, 257,000 plays on YouTube. That makes sense because that is the track that everybody, that that John Five said reminded him damn good. And that was kind of the consensus afterwards when you read the comments and reviews. And then here come the Van Halen songs. And granted, 
they're not they haven't been out as long but spotify ain't talking about love less than ten thousand plays what? Only 100,000 uh, at Spotify, 6,100 plays. Really? Uh, now, yeah. YouTube. Oh. Now, YouTube, these have done better, but almost 100,000 plays of YouTube. Dance the Night Away, less than 23,000 oh. on Spotify, 66,000 on YouTube. Again, they haven't been out as long, but I can tell you the trajectory in that same amount of time with those other two songs, they're not performing anywhere near, which lends credence to what I've been saying. I don't think anybody really cares. You're not going to improve upon yeah. the original. Panama, 7,800 plays on Spotify, 140,000 on YouTube. You really got me. The most recent one, 33,000 change on Spotify, 28,000 on YouTube. I mean. Brutal. And I say that because we've talked about earlier in our earlier episodes this year about how Van Halen has been licensed in high profile things in 2022. There was a Cobra Kai episode that used all of Unchained, except the come on, Dave, give me a break, one break coming up, except for that being edited out, obviously, because that would distract from the storyline. Whole song there. The video game Rocket League, which is played by millions of people a day, which my wife might be playing at this very, very second, uh, has jump in it. And you know, you score a goal and jump plays. So you have to figure that's a lot of people hearing jump for the first time due to the age demographics of this thing. So there have been other Van Halen usages and, of course, Wolfgang playing at the two Taylor Hawkins concerts. Right. So you would have to think that they trend the Rolling Stone articles, etc. So people would accidentally play the Dave versions on Spotify. And that yeah. would build the numbers, but not even as that is building the numbers because he's not promoting them. He's not doing press around these things. So it's interesting to see if something gets 100,000 views. This was an organic 100,000 views. Had there been a proper campaign, that might have been 800,000. Yeah, possibly. I mean, yeah, inter interesting. I got nothing else to say about it. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's it, some Dave is better than no Dave, but these covers, which I don't think we're at the tail end of getting. If this is the last thing we hear from Dave, it's going to bum me out because we know <laughs> we we know just how much stuff he records on a regular basis. I mean, you and I have talked about this before. He could do another covers album with the songs we haven't heard. He could do a, he could have, yeah. I would love to hear another covers album improving upon the Diamond Dave record, which I don't understand why he threw Thug Pop on there because it's a covers <laughs> record. But, you know, there was a little directionless, but I like some of those songs on there. But, I mean, we know there's a ton of material out there we haven't heard that so, solo stuff. And, and, and it's likely not stuff that didn't make his solo albums. We, you know what I'm saying? There, I get. There's not 25 songs or, or any number of songs out there that didn't make a little ain't enough. I bet. Yeah, there are. Oh, there are for a little ain't enough. There. I hate to correct you. I no, please do because I know in some cases, like I heard, there's not much. There's only you know, there's not much unreleased stuff from the Eat Him and Smile sessions. Nor for that's Sleeper. true. Uh, that is also true. Now, A Little Ain't Enough was written very differently, where he co-wrote with people, and then at the same time, he's fielding other people's songs and then rewriting them. So Craig Goldie, only uh, who played with Dio, did Craig yeah. play with anyone else besides? Yes, he Dio? did. I want to say, and why would I know this? He played in, I think he played in Jafria. 
<laughs> nice. The first record, not the second record. And who I'm, I'm spacing, but I've always been a bit of a fan of his. But yeah, he's pretty much the last 30 years. Uh, Freya, the deal franchise. The richest musician that nobody realizes is a rich musician. Oh, yeah. And wait, was Craig Goldie in House of Lords? No. I can't remember. Greg Jafria was. I don't think Goldie was. Jafria anyway. is the guy who invented the music chip that goes in the slot machines, correct? Something like that. Yeah, something awesome. Uh, so he probably would have been in the Vegas Dave shows as well because <laughs> <laughs> he knows a guy or two in a casino. But so Craig Goldie only has one co-write on A Little Ain't Enough, but supposedly he wrote dozens of songs or at least was at Dave's house on and on and on and on writing we need to do a deep dive on that record we talked about this on the on the book down rock podcast that's a if you're going to spotlight some dave's not so large solo career i think that's one to definitely definitely really dig into a bit deeper i love that record and there's a lot we don't know about it right we definitely don't know a lot about that record because the narrative that Dave, in all my research, the narrative that Dave gives about that album, he kind of romanticizes it that you've heard the thing about how instead of staying at the four-star hotel, he stayed at the motel in the bad part of town and then they knocked down the walls. And and there's that, there's that awesome picture of him at the end of the bed with his head in his hands surrounded by all manner of drunken partying ephemera and there might be a woman somewhere in there and... You've seen that picture, right? I have, but then as we learned from the Mitch Schneider interview on this podcast, Dave stages his photographs a little bit. So so what I'm getting at is what we know about A Little Ain't Enough, which I'm still trying to figure out how Bob Ezrin was going to produce it and Bob Rock wound up producing it instead. Yeah. And She's My Machine was demoed for A Little Ain't Enough, even though... That was the single on your filthy little mouth. I think we really know 5% of what really happened. I would love to hear that that She's My Machine demo. Yeah, it's it's really the peak of mystery in Dave's career where we don't know anything. So uh, hopefully we'll we'll figure out a little more over time. But Folks, hey, if I you know some her. stuff, reach out to us at Twitter or email us at dlrcast at outlook.com. So getting back to, I mean, as far as the musically, what he put out this year, yeah. I, mean, I guess you can say it's it's a bit of a mystery, a bit of a disappointment. Um, I'm just ambivalent, as I think most fans are, about those Van Halen covers. It's a good yeah. curiosity. It's nothing that I'll really go back to and listen too often to when I want to hear Panama. What do I put on? Right. I'm, I'm with you right there. And he's only put out four of them so far. Uh, yes. Ain't talking and, about love. Dance Night Away, Panama. You really got me. And they all kind of came in rapid succession, right? They all came, kind of came. Yeah. Within a couple months to which. And then uh, naturally it just stops. Like the artwork just stopped. <laughs> yes. It, all that stops. But as he was saying, he records something like 15 of them in two hours uh more is coming soon uh, i hope not well let's that's a good segue into what we hope to see in 2023 but before we get there here's what i hope to see in 2022 we only have a couple days left and tell me this would not be the greatest thing in the world we've got a couple okay. days left of hanukkah is there anything more natural than david lee ross showing up at dave Grohl's hanukkah sessions or what come on 
Are you he didn't show up at the me? Tower Hawkins sessions. I know he didn't. So. Come on. He knows. Right? Does this make perfect sense? You don't even have to do a Van Halen song, which would be really cool. But, I mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Somebody really high profile just showed up at the Taylor, uh, at the uh, Dave Grohl, Greg Kirsten thing a day or two ago. What's the Hanuk Hanukkah sessions? It started with Pink. Okay, yeah, it was Pink. Yeah. Who, who Dave said is going to replace him in the Van Halen tribute shows. And, and yeah, and Judd Apatow did an amazing cover of uh, Blood, Sweat, and Tears Spinning Wheel. Who knew we had decent? It was fun. Have you, if you got to watch those sessions, it's there. I love the concept. I mean, it's, I just think it's, I, I love it. It, there's, it's, it fills my Jewish heart with joy. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Van Halen world has more men of the tribe, uh, the polite term for, for Judaic folks, than you realize. Because, <laughs> hey, Marshall Burl, the original manager, one of them. There's, there's a lot of Judaism around the Van Halen camp, not just Diamond Dave. But uh, <laughs> it, it's the Hanukkah music of choice in this household. But... Uh, when you say the couple days left, yeah, I don't think we're going to see him on the Dave Grohl thing. I know, but would it, it's just a no-brainer. Wouldn't it be awesome? Come on. I just wouldn't be shocked if something comes out on Christmas. Yes, I know we're talking about Hanukkah, Diamond Dave, Jewish. I know. I just think we're going to get a Christmas gift, and that's not based on an inside thing. It just seems like something that Dave would do because a friend or, of mine occasionally— or, or New Year's Day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with you on this one. New year, new Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so things we'd like to see in 2023. No surprise what I want to see and hear. New music. Consistently. Uh, uh, and here's how I think you should do it. One song a month. Give us one song a month with some sort of little, for lack of a better word, campaign. Give us a little... Uh, Go back to the Roth show. What a great way to relaunch the launch that, show. I was waiting the to Roth show. I was right? going to say, I don't want new music. I want a new Roth show. I want okay. to get what this insane person who's cooped up in his house the last three years, <laughs> what he was watching on TV and ingesting to inspire him. That's what I want to hear. And I don't think you're going to get that in the song. I think that if you just let him talk for 15 minutes Oh, we're going to hear some interesting stuff. I wish there was more focus. Wouldn't it be a great idea for the Roth show? He's so well-read, right? Wouldn't yeah. it be a great idea for the Roth show is that once a month is an episode DLR's movie picks? And yeah. you know it's going to be some weird Japanese gangster movie or some <laughs> 1950s, uh, 1950s B-movie uh, monster. Who the hell knows, right? Dave's movie picks. Uh, Dave's favorite Motown songs. Yes. A little fucking focus. 15 minutes of your time each day. That's it. That would blow up. Uh, relaunch the Roth show. You got to call it the Roth show. Come back with that original theme song, Where is David Lee Roth? Because that's a perfect question oh, well, that we always ask. And fucking do it. So what, what somebody told me is Dave gets weird in the winter. I don't know why they told me that. <laughs> hey, man, I can relate to that, my friend. Trust me. I want to hear some some Dave weirdness. Now, I'm saying this after criticizing that Joe Rogan appearance as being hard to listen to. But hear me out here. I think if Tom Sorowski, who engineers a lot of the stuff, or somebody is allowed to edit and engineer and make cuts, and it's not just two hours straight of him talking, but like three or four minute things, it's great. 
And and that leads me to ask something here, because have you seen the post Ramses Rios, uh, the animator, has posted about working on new Dave stuff? I have not seen that recently. So here's my question. I know he listens to our show, but I can't get a clear answer. When he does those animations, is he con- is he contracted by Dave or is he doing them on his own? Like, are they official things? Do we know that? Are they on Dave's YouTube channel? I think I've seen one or two of them were, but I think they're mostly on the Mojo Dojo YouTube channel. That's what I thought, too. Um, I wonder if Dave gets, like, right of first approval or whatever, and then yeah, it gives, gives the blessing a little bit, so to speak, for it. I'm, because, just, specu- I'm just speculating, but... Because what I'm speculating is I think that that's going to be the future means of Dave communication from now on. That it's going to be somebody animating or creating visual around him telling stories. That's, that's where I think it's going. That stands to reason because as we brought up here on the podcast, when that video of that video in LAX, yeah, was the first sighting photo anything of what Dave looks like since 2020 in two years. Uh, I mean, there was the VMAs and there was the Joe Rogan thing, but for the that most was, part, that was the end. Of, oh, that's right. That well, the VMAs were 2021, September 2021. So that yeah. was kind of about it. I, I thought he looked healthier at LAX. He did at the VMAs. Yes, and yes, but zero video footage has emerged from that Mexico gig in May of this year, presumably because everyone had to sign an NDA to go to that event. But Man, talk about lockdown, right? Yeah, when the performer has everyone under an NDA and then the party organizer has everyone under an NDA. So you're double NDA to be there. That's crazy. Yeah. So things we'd like to see in 2023 and here, a new Roth show, new music, but done right. Give us some details. Give us some background. Give us some credits. I think you launch each new song. You don't do it. Fine. Don't do any press. Don't talk to anybody. I mean, and make it a regular thing. I don't know. The third Thursday of every month. Yeah. Bam. Here's the Roth. And I'm. A, this is how I think. I'm a marketing and publicity guy, right? But third Thursday every month, new track on the Roth show. He's going to intro, talk about it. It's it. This demands too much focus, I think, from Dave. Too much discipline to stay on topic. But man, wouldn't it be great? And 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 I'm telling you, people would dig it. People care. Yeah. Well, in, in, in lieu of anything happening with Van Halen, that the closest thing to anything happening with Van Halen is Mammoth and whatever Wolfie does, which is right. fantastic. I mean, and that's really it. And listen, he doesn't have to have a microphone in front of him every five minutes like Sammy does. But when <laughs> Dave's, if Dave's got something or anything to say in whatever medium, people want to know. They're going to be curious. It's a win-win. Well, let me ask you something for a change. Do you think that there's going to be a residency or gigs in 2023 from Dave? Well, that was the third thing. We want to see new gigs. We want to see a live performance, but we won't see it. So you don't think it's going to happen? I don't think it's going to happen. Now, do you think it's not going to happen because of health, because of him changing his mind or why? I'm putting you on the spot here. Yeah. And you know what? I don't. I think it's more... Too mercurial, too change of mind. Until the Van Halen songs came out that we knew were recorded in May, I would have said, okay, maybe there are issues with his voice. 
I can't quibble with how he sounds for a 60, 60, late 60-something-year-old 60 guy yeah. on these recordings. If I'm going to give him props on these Van Halen covers that he sounds fine. Now, how that does that hold up over the course of a live show or a couple live shows or residency? Maybe not. Um, I don't know. I, I, my hunch is that we don't. See, my, my hunch is we don't see any live shows. Um, Las th- Vegas residency makes so much sense. Yeah. So did rescheduling them within three months and honoring everybody's tickets for fuck's sake, right? I I think that we see something live now I, to debunk rumors that I heard. I somebody that I interviewed said, oh, I heard that Dave is going to do a thing in New York. And I asked around. They went, no, he's not <laughs> like this was a smart person that said he was doing that. And the reason I'll, I'll believe those people is that Weezer announced their Broadway residency and that got canceled due to poor ticket sales. So if Weezer can't pull it off in New York with a residency, David Lee Roth cannot get the Broadway community behind him. No. And that's. Listen, I know Dave's got a fitting for New York, lived there for a long time, but if he's going to do anything, he's got to do it in L.A. or Vegas. Or Dubai, because, hey, Kiss, <laughs> do you remember Dubai. Kiss? Or Cutter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that uh, whatever, whatever city is trying to put itself as the new destination, if they have that token rock fan that's on the board that goes, I think we should have this person. Otherwise, how else would that kiss one would have happened in Dubai? That was, that was preposterous. Did you see that concert? I did. I love Kiss. Uh, we've Same talked here. about this. I have the love-hate thing with Kiss. And that concert, I know they got paid a lot, but wow, was that a bad look. I had a, I had some deep thoughts the other day about this, and it's another sidebar. But and I think Dave might be in this category, but we have no idea. But it's a really difficult time when you just have to admit and realize. I don't think I want to see this favorite. This I don't need. I don't want to see your favorite, my favorite band anymore. I don't think I want to see Kiss again live. I saw him right before COVID hit, and. The, they sounded okay, but they don't really move around on stage anymore. I mean, it's just, it seems like the set lists are the same. Right, the set um, lists are the same, yeah. And I hate to say this, I don't think I want to see Cheap Trick at live anymore. I am so glad you said that, because I have been subjecting my wife to the every six months Cheap Trick is in New York uh, deal. Sure. And the last few times have been less great. Uh, it's it's and, getting a little and the thing is I'm okay with this everybody gets older but I don't want to be disappointed and listen at some point Tom Brady's going to retire at some <laughs> point right do you know what I mean and no, you, but but you retire when you really can't do it at the level that people remember you or got you to where you are anymore and I don't think so some of these veteran acts and maybe that's Dave too and Dave is at least realistic about it I bet he's nothing but in the present and very realistic, I think, for a lot of different things, even if he might have this Howard Hughes-like insulated existence for all the hell we know. We don't know, but... I've heard rumors of that. (laughs) But I don't think Dave would go out there unless he could at least deliver... Do you know what I'm saying? I hear what you're saying, but I take a different approach where I think that if you tell Dave he can't do something... He is out to prove you wrong with his anger and his venom. If you go, Dave, you can't sing anymore. 
Hey, is that best quote I ever heard from Dave or from anybody from <laughs> the crazy from the heat book? I think it was my two biggest motivators are fear and revenge. Yeah. So I think, I think if enough people go, Oh, that guy, he could never be on a stage again. That's how you actually get the residency to happen. If you don't lure David Lee Roth out with honey, you lure him out with vinegar. And so if we started a petition to go, David Lee Roth, you should be retired and never perform again. That's how you actually get the residency to happen. I don't know. That, is, that assumes he would ever find out or know about the, know about any petition. Oh, care. He knows. He knows. Um, he knows what's going on. It's it's uh, like, almost like the groundhog or what is it? Uh, he knows when you've been sleeping. He knows when you've well, whatever it is. That would be Santa Claus. But what do we? What the hell do we know? We're Jews. I mean, come on. Yeah. I, so you don't think that he's going to come out in twenty twenty three? I think he's going to come out when when we're least expecting, and that's not based on any insider intel. I just think that the David Lee Roth pattern of two years. Two or three years on, two years off, two or three years on, two or three years off. He kept doing that over and over and over again. And I don't think that he can be out of the spotlight for that long. But at age 68 or 69, he's rapidly running out of time to to do this stuff. I'm not saying he's going to keel over it anytime soon, but to do this stuff and to have the stamina and the, you know what I mean? To just physically be able to do it, Right. He he's been rebuilt by surgeons. And <laughs> we can we can rebuild him. Yeah, I just that's that's part of it. I think that if you look at the patterns on on the going in and out of hiding, the naysayers, the fact that he did after retirement put out new music and also classic music, the fact that he has been in the recording studio, the fact that he did do the Mexico gig when he was retired, he's not done. It's just a question of what's the way that he reappears. Right. What's the context? I don't think it happens as part of a Van Halen tribute. Yeah, I don't. I think that ship has sailed. And I think, boy, that's a tough one because that's always going to disappoint somebody. Yeah, I, I think also there is that element of he is going to want to end on a somewhat high note. Because if you look at the last few things, if his ending note was these bad Van Halen covers, uh, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm saying they're bad. You're not saying they're bad, but these I'm bad saying Van they're covers, the, Sammy slagging him in the press, the COVID-19 canceling his residency, if that was the ending note for him, Dave I is a competitive guy. It stands to reason that, yeah, I, it stands to reason that he at least wants to to leave a different mark at toward right that you want to go out quote unquote with some positives. I just don't. I, I think that the people on his team and the keywords. I think, I think the people on his team who work for him go. Well, if he doesn't do anything this year, he still makes seven or eight figures just <laughs> in mailbox money. Right. I go through the stress of doing a residency and all that, Dave, and rehearsing. and But he's not been a money-driven person. He's always been a challenge-oriented person. I want to learn this new craft. I want to learn this language. Go to this country. Learn this instrument. I just don't think that he stops 
learning oh no absolutely absolutely and i I remind it reminds me of when we had on she's now going on two years ago his trainer when he was an emt yes linda yeah 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 linda explained how hungry he was to do all that and as i found out through freedom of information act record requests first van halen tour he still had renewed his emt license right from when he was when he was in his 20s right uh, uh, no, 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 I mean, the first reunion tour, like, right. oh, the first reunion tour, I thought you meant the first reunion, because I know he worked in a hospital when he was younger, but he became a certified EMT, that's right, after, in the, right, before, before the reunion, that's right. So I would say the dark horse bet on this whole thing was, if you, we think of the most random thing possible, it's possible that he perfected it, and the story on that comes out. Let me give you a parallel on that. I remember when Johnny Carson retired from The Tonight Show. He largely moved to Tanzania, and he was known to be speaking Swahili. And you'd go, Ooh, Tanzania. Yeah. <laughs> China, <laughs> China. Co- Corm- How about Tanzania? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you would go, Johnny Carson, Tanzania. Wait, are you sure that wasn't Tarzana, California? I promise it wasn't Tarzana. <laughs> So there's always the chance of you find out that Dave went back to college, studied speech pathology. It's funny you meant it's funny you mentioned that because I'm sorry to interrupt you, because I was just thinking before we started this, like, we don't even know if he's in the fucking US, man. We don't know. Oh, he is. Okay. Well, we know that. Thank uh, that's why I love is that I'll uh, <laughs> Okay. Well, he is in the US at this current moment, we think. We know this, but who the hell knows what he's doing? That is a really, really great question. (laughs) That's a really, really great. It all starts there. What the hell is he doing? Uh, This this time last year, when, when we were in Vegas having dinner with somebody, that person knew somebody who had been at Dave's house to have a meeting about creative stuff. And that person ultimately turned down the job. But... He he was working on stuff during COVID. Uh, we still don't know exactly what happened with Ink the Original. <laughs> oh my God, that's right. Well, God, I'll tell you, man, what I would give to be his product manager, somebody in that circle. I mean, listen, we don't my know. son, my son's in college. My fiance would get it. She was like, okay, go to California for six months. We'll fly back and forth. I mean, just to like sit across the table with him and try it. I mean, I would imagine it could be very frustrating. Dave. Dave, wait. (laughs) Well, high high intellect, but a poor attention span. And he talks about that in the Crazy from the Heat book, about how pot helps bring him down so that he can actually focus. Most people don't don't ingest. But but the irony is, when he has focus, it's laser-like. And it is so disciplined. It's like, I'm going to be an EMT. I am going to learn Aikido. I am going to... I'm going to read three books a week. Or what, do you know what I mean? I mean, he's. Yeah. So I always say he's quite the Renaissance man. We just don't know at any given time what the hell he's doing and learning. So, so to kind of recap, you know, because we've, I have talked the ears off people. You've just been very polite and likable as <laughs> no, always. No, no, no. <laughs> we, we don't know what's going to happen with Dave. There could be a new song tomorrow, <laughs> there could be a new song never. But I'm excited to see what happens in, in 2023, whatever form Dave chooses to appear in the form of. Yeah. 
it's so crazy to look back and think about this time last year, how excited we all were for the fact that, I mean, those the post, the imaging, everything, it's like, yes, this is happening. And now, right now, I mean, it, we got really nothing. We've, we've got nothing but faith. And uh, I'll, I'll, faith, I'll open a dream. I'm, I'm hanging in there and hopefully you are too. Yeah, absolutely. And until then, hey, we'll we'll get back into the interview flow, and we'll get, we'll get back to the interview. I, let's we need to we should put our heads together and try to do a couple deep dive uh, on the albums, but with a guest. That is an idea. There's got to be someone out there who thinks your filthy little mouth is is Dave's pivotal best moment on uh, on on wax, right? So. Would that be your fiance? As no, the- or not, and not me either. So. <laughs> Well, either way, I thank anyone who dared listen to this long and and also support us for this long in general as podcasters who are fans just like you. Absolutely. Thank you, everybody. As always, we have a hell of a lot of fun doing this. And if nobody cared, we wouldn't be doing it. So thank you. Thank you. Happy holidays, et cetera. See you in 2023. Nothing but yeah.